In order for shame to be rendered powerless in our lives, we must be witnessed. We must be seen. Your gifting is going to seem like things that are just very obvious. They're going to seem like, well, everybody can be this welcoming. But everybody can see that moment where I just saw. It's going to feel like anybody could do it. And that's what makes it your gifting. Watch how people avoid the face of somebody in need or asking who makes you uncomfortable. Every one of those faces reveal God. We have to remember our past and recount the things that God has done for us. And then that gives us faith to keep going to where he wants us to be. Hey guys, welcome back to the Incense Podcast. I'm Sam. And I am Blaine. And... We are in the final episodes of the podcast and its current iteration, unless something drastically changes where we decide we want to do a random one in the middle of 2024. <laughs> Let's all assume this is one of the last ones. And the announcement episode that came out a couple of weeks ago, we actually included my email and solicited some input from you guys to write in and ask for I like what what are you going to wish we talked about? What are you going to wish had been addressed? And I came back from boot camp to like over a hundred emails, but I've managed to like print off a lot of them and compile them. We did a listener feedback episode already on God's will and a couple other things, but that episode aired to everyone and it felt like the wider world was able to hear and write in the requests and tones have changed. Yes. In it's not a surprising way, mm-hmm. but in a very significant way. It's not would you guys talk about your favorite motorcycles one more time? <laughs> I know, right? Uh, cuz I wouldn't have like the best answer for that. Just I, the one I happens to ride. KZ1? FC1. Ah. Uh, I think the only thing that sort of lines up with this experience is when I learned that there were only so many Calvin and Hobbes comic books or yet to be like released or in, ever, ever. When yeah. It was yeah. Like there's Bill a finite, yeah, right. it's like finite or when I finished limited resources, I finished the, uh, return of the King when I was 13 or 14 and I came upstairs and I finished the Lord of the Rings and wow. And mom going, you need a moment for this and asking dad, do you think he is going to write anymore? Ooh. And dad, fortunately, dad did not tell me right then. He's dead. That would have been. (laughs) (laughs) The parenting note. uh, Don't just crush your child's enthusiasm. I don't know. I'm back. Sure sounds like the end of the story. Mm. And I went, yeah, man, it really does. And it feels good and hurts so bad. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, now that you guys are actually in chat, we're going to have like a little bit more of a pause here because I wanted to just kick that off and set the stage and breathe. And so thank you guys for those of you who are joining us live. Dan, you you know, ah, I, I forgive Toby. you, buddy. <laughs> All right, right, see that right there? It's a beautiful day, little buddy. Hey, Justin. That is the last, that's the text from the last Calvin and Hobbes ever. Toby knows. It's a beautiful day, little buddy. Let's, Let's go, go exploring. exploring. Wow. Jeez. Jeez, it can make me... So we're going to talk about (laughs) grief in this episode, and Toby's just going to, (laughs) like, push us over the edge. Toby, I think you were the one who wrote in asking if we could have, like, words from the past. And I think that was you and other men speaking in. So if that wasn't, you can correct me in chat. But, yeah, you 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 got a good read there, buddy. Here we go. 
Also, I think that my wife is watching for the first time ever in the live stream, but can, you, can we click on the 12? Do we know? Can we know who no, it is? No, no, And that leaves a little bit of mystery. You okay. Know? I'm not sure Emily knows how to work a keyboard anyway. She does not. Hi, Ailish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Jared and hey, everyone who's not, who's just hanging out and lurking. That's totally the way that I would do it. So, Blaine, when I was going through these emails, like 95% of them had this similar theme. And the theme was, we are grieved to see this end. And any, any from anywhere on that scale of like, what am I going to do now with my Tuesday mornings to don't leave me, like, come on, I need this stuff to... Uh, I'm going to miss you. You know, it feels like that yes. thing just has this scale to it. At the same time, there was also this, like so many blessings and benedictions and, and releasings of like, not surprised this is what you guys are doing. Of course, you guys are going to walk in your own medicine. Otherwise, this would have been nothing from the very beginning. And I really loved that that was the theme, that it was um, folks reaching out to say like, we are really disappointed and sad to see this go and it makes sense and we bless you. And the requests that really came into this theme ended up being when we are particularly vulnerable, which is super easy to do, and share from our own lives, that's where the real power is. And we've believed that from day one, even yes. though it isn't always easy. Like if it was easy, I don't think it would actually be vulnerable. That's true. But the question is like, can you guys process with us, you, the listeners, the experience of ending something? Mom has this line that one of the gals wrote in an email saying that she keeps it in her wallet and it's that all changes feel like loss. But the, the change of season, like it, it, you might be stepping into something good. It might, it just is a new season. And yet it's hard for you not to look back and go, that one does is not here anymore. So how 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 is this not? loss. And I've felt that as a father looking at, you know, my two-year-old daughter running around barefoot in the grass and been like, oh my gosh, this moment is over. Ah! And it felt the need to like grasp at sand slipping through my fingers. So I, I deeply feel that all change feels like loss. And, I, and I'm grateful that that was the request. You know, we're not going to talk about our favorite motorcycles. We're going to talk about what is it like for us to land the Incense podcast. Yes. What has it meant for us? Actually, a guy who wrote in here, Tom, summarized it best when he, one of his phrases, I think it would be fitting to honor the journey, to go back to the desire, what you thought this podcast would become, what it became, and the lessons learned along the way. Honestly, there's a bit of a, what I'm calling like a grief gravity well, and that's my this is the right season. And if I just want to like dive into the grief of change and, and endings, like, oh, I don't know that I'm ready for that. Yes. It's good that you mentioned gravity wells because we were just talking about attractor states. And mom's line or whoever's line, all changes experienced as loss. I would sort of upgrade and say all change is loss. It's just not the same as death, and it's not permanent mm. loss. But to live in time is to change. To change is to relinquish things into eternity, past, where the only hope of holding them again is to 
move forward into the story that God is living you to live. Mm-hmm. And that's hard. I think before naming specific emotions, because they have been intense, would go, the world is full of false choices. And one of them is, if it's wrong, when things change, if it's wrong, you grieve and try to fix it. Yeah, right. If it's right, you celebrate or you or you don't feel anything. <laughs> and I've definitely... Nothing uh, like not feeling anything to let you know it's a good thing. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's a bad How metric of success. Work? I've had a, a real hard time with that, with if it's right, then why be sad? Uh, how can we grieve together? And I've wanted, even in this change, to be protected from the emotion by having those things be different. Yeah. Because I was telling you, leaving this project to go work on the next thing into in the whole there's no shortcuts next season with God also feels like letting everybody down. Yeah. And right. it does feel like abandoning people. Yeah. who I have come to really care about. Right. And the wrestling with God has been, how is this, okay, how is this a good thing? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It is an emotional thing. And I starting at the end of like working backwards. So you and I have worked together for nine years. Mm-hmm. And just recognizing that we won't overlap anything like as much again in the foreseeable future. Right. We, I was talking, it just hit me. We're like, so it's Advent. We were doing hope. I was doing this hope meditation out of Jeremiah, who, you know, at the end of the book gets kidnapped by Jewish rebels and taken to Egypt. And he has to pass Jerusalem on, on his way down. And I was wondering what it must have been like for him because he had the promise of restoration in Jeremiah 33. But he also knew that he lost everything and he saw everything go. And I was like, what must it have been like for Jeremiah twisting in the saddle to catch like one last glimpse of the temple mm. before it vanished by a hill, knowing no one was going to see it ever again. It was going mm. to go away. Mm. And it wasn't coming back ever. Mm. And all of a sudden I got to that point and then obviously I couldn't talk because it was just this asking people to name what are the places, what are the people, and what are the dreams that you are twisting to catch kind of one last look at as you go on into the future that this story requires and going, man, it was a bummer when we realized that we hung out more than with each other more than we did with our wives. Yeah, that was a couple of years ago. That was an like awkward the, moment at Thanksgiving dinner. Our wives made that comment. <laughs> like, we, we don't see you guys as much as you see each other. Yeah, and it was like, and you know, we go on more dates with each other than we do with our wives and have more adventures with each other than we have with our wives. And that's work been in the a, same room. Yeah, work in the same room. And that's been really awesome. You know, the runs in- And hard. And hard. It's been so hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't, rem- you know, you don't, you don't remember the hard as I much know, when I it's know. time to go- I know. This is over. That's where I want to, let me jump in here. I, when I look back in my mind, I make a collage of highlights, right? Like, I don't know if that's just human or if that's just me. I, I don't think it's just me. Um, but it's that- tendency to, when I look back, I, I just grab little snapshots and build 
a collage out of them and go like, this is what this was. This is what this meant to me. That's just the way that memory works, I think. And so, yes, like I, I do that as well. I'm looking back going, man, like, remember it was, okay, I'm, I'm going to get really tangible here. So Padre wanted us to start the podcast and Micah, I know you're watching, so I don't know if you can see what the hat that Blaine's wearing today, but he's very happy about it. Very thanks, happy. Thanks Thank for making you, Micah. the and Padre hat. Okay, so Padre wants us to start the podcast like years ago, and you and I were basically I, wait, like, "No, this is not. This is how stories get apocryphal." You remember this? Oh. I remember you fighting the podcast. Okay, well, you were into it. Let me say, I was not into it. I was like, I don't want us to I, like what? hit record on a microphone. Like, what am I supposed to? All I had in my mind to compare myself to was like the Ransom Heart podcast at the time. And so I've got these like snapshots of this thing began with us kind of, with me at least being like, I'm not so sure that I want to do that or what we'd even do. And and then all of like the brainstorming of like, how do we get guests when we have no content? What's going to be our strategy from day one? And we learned through that uh, swing and a miss at the vlogs and a yeah. little bit of... Um, Seth Godin of like, don't tell people what you're going to do. Just do what you're going to do and let it reveal itself. So we were like, okay. So we got in the studio and hit record. And like that, I think that was the one episode out of all 200 episodes <gasps> that I had like a printout, like this is what I'm going to say and like would read some of it. And <laughs> we've gotten to the point now where I've been very impressed that you'll just sit there without any notes and be pulling stuff and you're like, oh, and this person in this year and I'll be sitting here like, oh, okay, and this makes me feel this way. And there's there's just a, re a relaxed, comfortable experience now having done it for so many years. But I, I grab like how I felt this year, which I think has genuinely been some of the best content and I just roll it back over everything. Yes. And I want to go like, do you remember the experience? The metaphor was a giant like barrel and we had a spoon and we were trying to find like a single bean way down at the bottom because we'd come in and we, like we wouldn't have an episode for Tuesday and we'd be here on a Friday like we need something like fish around in that bowl find find some one one single thing worth saying today and we felt like we were the we were being juiced like carrots through a processor just to like create something for the next week. Right. And unfortunately, that metaphor of the bean is very apropos. And if you want to make humans fight, add pressure to resource constraints <laughs> and go, right. the resource constraint is we are out of ideas. The pressure is this is our job. And that, so in any situation, you're setting up the parties for battle <laughs> and they're going to kill each other. You make those people brothers. So we did. We had to activate some backup clones. <laughs> and you, you add the layers of how we've tried to navigate each other mm -hmm. and the world for so many years. And man, that could be a very rough show. Right. Do you want to pause and interact? Like just have like nice like sequences of <laughs> uh, Daniel... Not yet, although Micah could get a little business going um, if he wanted to start selling the Ann Padre hats. Yeah. Could you all preface your comments with not a kick in the balls? Because <laughs> that just helps me know if it's going to be mean or not. Um, yes, Brandon Palma, who you're the, you guys, all of, as we begin to know everyone on this list. Yeah. Just like, familiar names. I like them. I like you guys yes. all so much. People who have been uh, tracking Jared, for a long time. Jared, thank you. 
And uh, and we hope, Jared, that that's the case for many of you, that like you guys will journey with us in the next chapters. Yeah, there's actually two, there's two essays on the new website now. Hey, there you go. Thanks for reading those and becoming a subscriber. E- Is there somebody behind me that you were thinking? Do you want to guess who, <laughs> do you want to guess hey. who, what are the first two subscribers was? Spencer. No, mom. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. no. I was like, oh, that's beautiful. Yes, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. She loves you. <laughs> I know. I can like the see her on the side. That's the go blade side. <laughs> Yay! Uh. You're so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so back to snapshots and grief and collage, and you go like as you're looking back in it. I, I'm doing the same thing and I'm going, if there was in that season of conflict and tension, there was a season where if you and I were not grabbing coffee once a week before work, instead of work, it was like blessed by people here. Like you guys need to go and just talk about something that isn't scarcity of resources and pressure to perform. And that was really good. And then it was like, well, okay, my caffeine addiction is thoroughly, thoroughly rolling now. And so then it became we needed things for health in our relationship and it was the taco express burritos and star wars battlefront one survival oh that was such a good season right and like thank you thank you to dice for making (laughs) star wars battlefront one and we did it we did it that survival like co-op so much and we got so good at it that we had to make it like harder and harder and harder and i don't i'm sure most of you guys haven't played that but it was like Okay, now let's make it first person. Okay, now let's make it the hardest difficulty. Okay, now we can only use we, pistols. We used it. I know we got so good that we could do hardest difficulty with a six shooter. <laughs> yeah, and never die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, but we needed that for our health because then it was like back into the pressure cooker. I know yeah. we've talked about that before, and um. So you're saying this afternoon this we're going to go play that after you have your Wouldn't meeting. that be nice, right? Like, <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's actually this... in the other room. Well, I'll have the <laughs> I'll have the other controller so we can do that at the end of like the final oh. live stream. We could just go over there and just <gasps> oh, that's cry and oh, gosh. But what you're saying, you know, people have asked about grieving and how one of the basic things, which not an expert here in practice, perhaps knowledgeable in theory, but restricting myself to practice, yeah. it is this element of naming what it has meant yeah. and responding to more than one question. Yeah. When a season is ending, it's like, um, this was my, the first time as you know, you're on Facebook in 16 to 18 years. Not only where I haven't been at a boot camp, but if previously, if I did not go to Wild Heart event, it would be because there was some mediating circumstance. I had to be at work. I couldn't get back. College. But always something. belonging there. Yes. This was the first time that I could have been there, but the calling was different. And yeah. so. I think you said that too fast. So say it again. This was the first, first time that I could have been there at a boot camp. But the calling was different, so I did not belong there. I was totally welcome. Yes. But it's not the same right. as a fitness in the season. So some guys came over, and we poured some scotch, and I tried to respond to some questions, and some of them were like, in, in both domains, what 
has this meant to your life with God? Mm-hmm. What role has this played in your relationship with God? And talking about that. Yeah. And then going, what has this cost you? Mm. And talking through that one. What And so it's more than, what will you miss? Or, man, that's a big deal. But how many... How many different angles can you get at at naming, yeah. holding, honoring like, the various pieces? Because unfortunately, I have to feel it and no it's way around not it. my favorite thing. Yeah. So if I want, you know, I want that old thing. I want because it's the right thing to do so I can closet emotion and just move forward versus going, man, this is complicated. Here are some things I will miss. Here are some things that feel hard fought. Mm-hmm. Here are some losses that are just represented with that season. Right. And if you had to do this by yourself, which most people do, right. have to transition through seasons alone, go, I this would be, you know, journal and pen things and yeah. fill in a few fields. Answer a few questions about the season and Like, take it to the opposites. I would do, never again would I. Mm. And I would do, I'd give anything to blank. Mm. And you really can't hold those things together. Yeah. I think those are really good practices for guys listening. Part of this, we want you guys to be able to take some of the things that we're walking through and apply them either retrospectively or in seasons when they do Things come to a close because things are coming to a close all the time. And I think some of, to bring it personally for me, some of the complexities of this are, I really enjoy podcasting. I do. And I feel really comfortable podcasting. And when I see that 10,000 people or 11,000 people listened to last week's episode, I have this like, oh, oh my gosh, <laughs> type reaction of like, there's just two of us in here huge and number, there's yeah. 20 of you on there. And so I'm like, we're good. And I'm not in front of 10,000 people. And yet actually having done this for many years, I think if you put me in front of that group right now, I would actually feel relaxed because this audience has grown naturally without us doing any marketing over years. And like, we're among friends. We're among folks who are either committed to the young men in their lives or are men themselves who are chasing after initiation. And so many guys who are like, I'm not 20, so maybe I'm just immature. It's like, no, no, no. This has been for those men who want to be walking in pursuit of increasing initiation and sons, initiation and the soul. But young man's soul, because we found that if you really do narrow it, it actually applies to more people effectively. So A, I really enjoy this. Wait, what? So like, why are you ending it? Like, because it actually really is time. And if you told me, if you told me that I was going to do this every week in the same format for all of next year, I would tell you like, I don't think I can. I don't think I've got that. That actually sounds really, really, that doesn't sound possible to be honest. Yes. The season really is coming to a close. And yet I'm, and I'm also really grateful. We get to land it on purpose. We get to land it in health. Like there was, there was a version of the story that like, that wasn't going to be the case. Yes. There was a version a year and a half ago where it was just going to be like, and now there's never another episode. And it just was like somebody pulling the mic 
chord and it's just that feedback and that's it. And so this is really interesting in that we get to land something that's in health and that is succeeding and being successful and increasing our listenership doubled this year. Like everybody else's metric in the world would say, what are you doing? If the thing that you've been working on is is growing and increasing and it's effective, there's an element of like, yeah, I I have that I have that like little termite in my brain going, what? And also, we we have been wanting to walk out the very things that we've wrestled with here. Otherwise, what's the point, right? Like, if you're not taking your own medicine, then why are you prescribing it? And so there's a, like an element of there you are you particularly are at hardcore in a new chapter and a new season and. I am in the middle of a transition to another season, though I'm still here and passionate about more work for Ann Sons, more print volumes, more uh, film projects and some writing projects like this. There's more to be done, but the podcast season is closing. And how all the complexities that I was talking with uh, Morgan a couple of days ago, and he, he was asking about Everybody around here kind of got on the Matthew McConaughey's book, Green Lights. Like that just made the circuit. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how that got in. I don't know. It's a great read. It is. I know. I did the audiobook. A lot of people did as well. And it's really, people love it because you get like his character coming through. But Morgan mentioned to me, he's like, he was amazed at how often Matthew would leave things when they're good. Yes. His his capacity to go like, this has been really good and successful, but it is no longer me and I need to be true to me. Like I, I need to walk away from something that's like, it's time for the next chapter. And I'm like, yeah, oh, that's so much easier said than done. Because back to like the grief experience, back to the, I feel a little bit, you were saying earlier that you feel like you're letting guys down. I kind of feel like I'm shuffling off into the closet. <laughs> you know, it's like shut everything down and be like, where, where are you going? I'll, I'll just be over there doing what? Stuff. No, nothing really, nothing much. <laughs> Stop <laughs> thinking things, you know, like it, it has this when it's not super clear it wouldn't be risky, right? If it was like, I'm going in and NBC has asked if I would take over their podcast because I'm just such a good host and we're going over, you know, that would be like, ha ha, the way the world would understand it. But instead, this isn't an aha. This is a, we're processing through how hard this was, how beautiful this was, the grief of ending it, the feeling of disappointing people and letting people down and stepping into a risk that feels like if I make any other choice, I would not be being true to myself. Yes. Wow. So a few other comments on that. And then I know we had some questions that were interesting on how did we know? How did we? But there's one that I, there's a question there. Hi, Jared, that I think I may frame in a way that it could stick in the episode, which is like, what about your dad in the ministry? And I'll go like. Do you want to go there? I do. I want to say. Do it. Jeez, Jerry, yeah. way, to, way to pick the light questions, man. Yeah, and you know a thing that has added a layer of complexity has been mom, dad, mm. the family business, an organization that I have watched my whole life and wanted to be at. And it's been fascinating to go, even because my desire to come work at Well the Heart was mixed. Mm-hmm. Not all good, not all bad. And there was a real 
good desire to mm-hmm. be an apprentice, to be a part of something important, to be where God was moving. There was a negative part that was like, my dad is exceptional mm. and I'm going to read this story as you be exceptional to play a role that matters. So I have to go do that. I have to wind up at that organization. I have to do those things. And and those two kind of rode together. And so it's hard on any given day not to read it as just one or the other, mm. but to hold them. And I think realizing that I was going to leave, it was like, whoa, this will be weird. Mm. And, you know, we got a question on how has handling that gone? And I think it has sort of boiled down to a couple of things. One, it's complicated to walk through any life transition, especially one of more proximity and one of more distance with anybody, let alone family with whom there's so much relational complexity in history. But a lot of, I felt like the questions that God gave me that were helpful were pretty simple. One, what do you want? What kind of relationship do you want with your dad? And then what's kind of the one that you have in this season? And I mean that, well, we are close. I want dad to be a part of the things that I'm doing. I also have the son's desire, this kind of aggressive, independent differentiation streak. And those things feel like they pull against each other. But go, listen, I don't need to figure out how this works. And then the other question, which is also simple, was Jesus going, so what's in your heart to do? And so it did not go well in terms of eloquence, delivery. It was a hard thing to start bringing up. Do and you, I went, Yes. how do I raise— when you say it didn't go well in terms of eloquence and delivery, like it was hard to it was hard form to words. talk. It was hard to think and go— It was hard to feel true to yourself and want to be fully understood concisely. Yes. And paint a full picture as briefly as you and quickly as you could. It's a lot to stuff through a small amount of time. Right. And so just trying to like keep it simple and going like, thank you for this season. I think that God is calling me to something else. Here's the thing that I want to do. I think I'll be, I think that a transition is coming. I think that I'll be leaving soon. And it was, man, add a layer of complexity is I, before going contractor, I didn't talk to mom or dad about that decision very much. Now, I thought I did, but they eventually raised to me, mm. why couldn't we talk about that more? And I just got to own that and went, well, I think because I'm still having, but was certainly then having a really hard time holding things simultaneously and holding the desire to make my own decision with integrity, with a desire to be close to my parents. And that that is just messy. Right. It's just not that I know or I have just a clean way to do that. And I went, but I see that. I'm sorry for not signaling to you earlier that I was leaving. And that could be it. That was mm. the Yeah. Uh, so it's not easy, man. Not it's so easy. So many layers. And Kate, as you're pointing out, like and as others are like even if it hurts, like parents really do want, I think parents in health want health for their child's health, for their direction, for them to have their own identity and walk in what God's calling them to. And like, there's probably wants to go like empathy for 
our parents in this of this is like empty nesting, but like times 2.0. Two. Oh, yeah. It's not just 2.0. It's not just a second round. It's it like it's amped up because I, I feel as a father, like how meaningful as a parent to have your children say, yes, what you do, what you've done, that's what I want to do with my life. That clearly has a large story to it. It has momentum. I see God in it. I see the impact of it. I want to join you in that. I think if any of my kids told me that, I'd be like, oh, yes. Like, thank you. I don't I don't need you to see that for it to matter, but like there's something so validating about it. And then to have us all back in and like, here we all are. And then, and then it's like, and now I'm, and now that chapter is over and I need to go elsewhere is like, oh, I, I would imagine I know. it would be akin to empty nesting with just the heat dialed way, way, way up. Don't you think about it in terms of your kids? Because I do. Yeah, that makes it way easier, right? Because like, <laughs> I think about it as like, it's hard to get in your own parents' head and not bring with you all of your baggage. I know. Well, that's hard. But can you just like imagine... I just think of my daughter, if she told me when she was in her early 20s, hey, I have this idea. Could It seems like it fits in what you are doing. Could I can be a part of it? How hard it would be to control myself and right? give a measured, yes. Like, You'd be like, oh, <gasps> yes, the lottery. Totally. You're going to come work with me and we're going to get to have a totally different season of relating a little more laterally. Uh, and then you're like, I'm already holding – the tension of my own identity, the tension of my own next chapter, the tension of my own grief, the tension of the grief of brothers who had all this overlap and now will genuinely have very, very little. Yes. Like, I, I'll see you when I see you. It's kind of little, like, whoa. And then you add on top of that, like, our projected parents' like grief. and, and Like, it's just, oh, oh, it's a lot. And then it ends up, like, I think just shutting off my brain where I'm like, woo, I have just dissociated. I am on a beach. I am somewhere warm. I'm good. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Say I'm like, come back. Like I can't project accurately. And it's actually not my job to carry them or you or my kids if they were to come and want the same thing. Like that, oh, easier said than done. Cause every like you know, every hour or so, I'm like, ah, I'm gonna pick this up, and I'm gonna like, I'm gonna carry this just for a little while. And I'm like, that was really heavy. I don't think I should have supposed to do that. And so, like, my own my own grief is enough. My own processing of a new season and the close of a chapter. So, I want to like go like, I think as I look on the journey specifically of this podcast, I was surprised to have it go from okay, we'll do this thing. I don't really want to do this thing, but we have to be like. From day one of Anson's, we had a couple of like really key pieces where it was like, if this isn't genuine, we're not saying it, we're not writing it, we're not doing it. Because the BS detectors in the 21st century, I feel like are keyed all the way up and we're still being duped all the time, but like we're all just waiting for something to feel preachy or disingenuous. And it was like, can't do it. Can't from day one, we had to be willing to be genuine and to be speaking from our own lives and to recognize that, like, we didn't have all of the answers. We wanted to be bringing in people. But it was like, man, the the story of interviews were wild. Where you're like, okay, here's Craig DiMartino, the ad- adaptive athlete who took this fall. And it was like, we have we didn't even have a single episode aired. But he said yes and came on and told his story. And 
from there, like learning when to say yes, learning when to say no. Like I, we get a lot. A, I, you don't know this because I handle this for us. We get a lot of emails and people asking to come on the show. And most of them are no, because it's people on publicity tours and, and they're doing a new book and things like that. And the people that we would have on would be like, oh, we either really want to chase this guy or they'd come in like through the side door where you kind of, you'd be like, how did, how did you get here? And they would be a phenomenal conversation where we're like, that was amazing. Like, I didn't know that we needed to have this conversation, but I knew that we needed sages speaking in. And so then it was like, we did seasons at first. We would do like 12 episodes and take a break. And then we do 12 episodes and take a break. And then to get to that boiling point, I think was also surprising for me of like, well, A, people are listening and I'm surprised. But like, okay, I guess we'll keep doing this because it's clearly not just mom clicking it a thousand <laughs> times. And then B, to get to those places of like, I think a lot of the early Anson's days were set up for you and I to work on our relationship. And we had those key pieces of like, gotta be genuine, gotta be from the heart and have very different ideas of what we'd want to bring to any given topic of like postmodernism and talk about the housing projects and me being like, I don't understand what this cat is doing on this merry-go-round. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it yeah, makes me feel un uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> to uh, talking about loss. And we, we aired an episode. This was one that was most surprising for me. When you lost Kokolo and it was the year of Garrett and Avon as well. Like there was just a week, like you were, you just needed to be gone. And we hadn't yet been in enough of a discipline to have like a bunch of episodes in the yes. hopper. I don't know that we've ever actually done that at all. We've gotten a few weeks ahead on rare occasions. But that week Thanks I came in the, yeah, right. I came in the studio that week and I just, we recorded a four minute episode. And it was again, just like a doorway into, let's be real, knowing guys are tracking along with us. Here's a snapshot of where Blaine is at. Here's why we're not gonna choose to air anything and why we think that the pace of the world is unkind and we're gonna choose kindness in this moment. Oh, and there was like this flood of responses. And for me, that was one of like the big aha moments of like, it's really worth it every time to crack the door of vulnerability a little bit wider than I think I might want to. Yes. Because that's what's real. And that's where people will respond, even if it's five a five-minute episode or if it's one like when the cracks start showing or the one on depression where we're going to talk about it for like an hour. It, it actually didn't matter the length of time. What mattered was the vulnerability. Yes. Wow. Dead and I, as we talk about these two projects, just aware that there is overlap. What's relevant to add to the change of the seasons is Morgan Snyder's There's No Shortcuts thing. Mm, yeah. And part of the impetus, both in the direction of Jesus and my own desire and sort of sense-making in community, has been they're different right now. The Mount Vigil Project is not a part of Wild at Heart. Even though when I write things, I'm like, this is very similar. I mean, come well, on. You've got the worldview steeped in you. You can't like completely remove yourself from your past 30 years of life. Yeah, I think also that the things that I'm naturally interested in talking about. That have overlap? Have, o have overlap. That would make yeah. sense. Because so, you said that there was a genuineness to what drew you here. That, so yes. that it is. Uh, but to go do it in its own sphere is actually a part of the work 
of the season, not totally. just for that project, but for me. Yep. There's been a fascinating thing in this season on the concept of wasting it on Jesus and a little bit of like um, that, why would I stop talking to thousands of people, perhaps tens of thousands of people, to go talk to no one? <laughs> Yeah. And to go, doesn't this matter Isn't that more? A nice verdict, though? And to go, like, don't what if, go. But what if it's about Jesus is like, but this is your response to me. <laughs> and, and there is a wastefulness to it. Yes. Like, it's not stop, Blaine, wait until we have negotiated. <laughs> <laughs> you could, you could settle, you could, you could take, make it less of a risk, make it less of a different chapter. Yeah. Uh, and it speaks to, Again, I don't want to paint it in the wrong way as yeah. God has led and these things are weird and they don't overlap to go. Yeah. You can't skip stages, I know, but right. it feels a lot harder when that becomes real. And I'm like, oh my gosh, uh, there's a natural season in a man's life, I believe. And there's a moment of God's leading. There's an inevitable risk taking. Yes. And it's like Anthony, who I'm working on that visual project with, we've been like, doesn't this, I mean, our audience is similar to the world, our audience, like this does relate to some of the questions that the mature men in that space are asking. And I'm like, yeah, and I know that. And I hope that some of them find it. But yeah. evidently, part of the work of this season is just doing the work. And I tell you, man, we recorded our first Manvigil podcast yesterday. Mm -hmm. our second, yesterday? It was our second attempt because the first one was so hard. And, you know, you and I, do you remember how hard it was in the beginning? Yes. This is a genre mm -hmm. of relationship. This is improv. Yes, and. It, <laughs> exactly. It is improv, and we've had a lot of practice at it. Yeah. And we have familiarity with each other, and so imagine familiarity with Anthony. Yes. But he's not me. I know. So, so I'm like, Anthony's also a scholar and an academic and a weirdo. And so we've had <laughs> very long conversations on all the topics that we're bringing into the Mount Vigil space. Yes. But we sit down and go like, oh, so now or do we both just talk essays? And it's like, no, no, no. This is improv. Look for play. Try to tee up the other person. Try to leave something unsaid, which is hard for me to do because I like to monologue. But it's, man, I'll just say, it's a shit show, dude, where... We, uh, your child's watching. I know. Well, he is at home. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, gosh. We're at a church dinner last night, and I'm calling, you know, a guy's experience of the world go, but you know that's bullshit, right? And I'm just like, well, listen, better you hear it here in a sacred and sanctified context than out there in the world. Dude, no IT department is yeah. annoying. That, sure. No Barry, no Alan, yep. no Darren. We were like, we launched the first blogs and I went through and I gave it like the roughest copy edit to Anthony's blog and was like, I know for a fact that I'm missing Anywhere between 90 and 100% of the errors. <laughs> I caught one missed space and went, oh my gosh, You're there's like, no There's no way that's team. all it was. <laughs> and so yes. it was like, You're and then there was no, again. you know, we have a great content editor slash editor at large who asks us questions like, right now, this essay is making this point. Just to say back to you what you said. Is that the point that you want to make? And we don't, we don't have that role. And it just... Dude, it feels like going out into the frontier yeah. again to be like, step one, we need a shelter. <laughs> Let's sort of fell the trees. Oh, shoot, wasn't it awesome? And we had a carpenter who helped us with this work. And totally. So 
uh, we're just weaving together lots of different threads into this conversation. <laughs> Dan, you asked, uh, how do we deal with any feelings of comparison, diminishment of our own gifting, calling, and journey? That, I would say, has been one of the larger themes of your and my relationship for the entirety of our lives. So we would have Dan Allender on the podcast in the early days, and he would start, I mean, be recording, and we'd have to delete it because he'd be like, how's it going there, you guys, working as two brothers with different giftings and comparisons <laughs> under was... your parents? <laughs> and it was like dead air. I'm like, Dan, I, I need you to not go down that rabbit hole right now because we're not ready for that. We're here to talk about how to respond to trauma and not to traumatize us, okay? So keep it together, dude. Stay on target. I would say that was a a massive piece of what we ended up needing to go to counseling for because there's this there's an element of we've been comparing and um, responding either towards or against each other for decades now, right? Like when you came to Westmont, it's hard to beat your academic mind, especially in the academy. And so I was like, all right, well, I know that I can't get better grades than Blaine. What I can do is I cannot show up to most classes and still get A's on things. And what that will prove is I'll do I don't, yeah, that was... none of the effort and actually still do well. And that way, I'm not really even like, we can't fully compare because, oh yeah, sure, Blaine got a 4.0, but like I went to class 60% of the time and I got a 3.0. Yeah, towards the end, I don't, I don't think I managed to keep it up that high. But, I mean, you remember that. We've told the story a lot. Like, I yeah. walked into the one class we had together my like, second semester senior year. Are you ready year. for this, Sam? You're like, oh, man, we're not going to be talking about weird questions around how this article relates to feminism. Like, isn't that it's so exciting? Because our class is all young women. And I was like, why are we not going to be talking about that today? That's all we ever talk about. And Blaine looked at me and was like, well, it's our midterm. <laughs> I had no idea. I was glad I had shown up. And anyway, I aced the test because at that point I knew how to talk about writing. And I used like you your argument afterwards because I was like, you didn't know any of the answers. I really didn't. But you were like, yeah, but I know how to write, so I would just kind of build an argument that somehow related to yes. the question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 and I was like, I would hope that as like a senior who's about to graduate has the capacity to maybe BS their way through talking about things, which is how you get your diploma. Yay! <laughs> so. Okay. Overproduction so of that. elites is something that leads to societal collapse. And then you guys, like, you throw, okay, so Blaine and I are sharing an office, doing triathlons together. So we're, go, we're like, when we're not in the studio, we go out for a run and, or we go for a bike ride, or we go to the pool, and then we'd go do the actual race. And it would be like, well, here's empirically your time. Did you do better? Did you do not? And there was one race where I had, was faster through the water. Per usual, because I think you seem to try and eat a couple of fishies while you're swimming. I don't, I do not know why I'm a slow swimmer. <laughs> you should close your, your mouth when you swim. <laughs> <laughs> and then you I'm like caught, a nurse shark. And you caught me on the bike, um, and you waited for me at the transition because you wanted to do the run together, and that was this really beautiful moment that had both our wives in tears. And I had like a stitch on the run, but we you, you waited, and it really felt like. As we've grown, I would say that we've learned to bless each other's gifting and difference and 
own our own identity. And that was a huge piece. Like I, that's easier said than done, right? Like that was what some of the counseling was for me at least a year ago. And I think that's still playing itself out. I was having a conversation with Susie who may or may not be watching right now, my wife, even just a couple nights ago talking about like, I am not going to be starting another podcast. You are. And part of the reason I'm not, I would love to actually, and I might I might decide to get there in uh, several months, but I can't have the Incense podcast end and have it oh be like, gosh, can and you now imagine? the two of us are going to start different podcasts. And we're going to basically be able to look at- And who's going to get the kids? <laughs> who, gets, who gets the kids? Who, get, who oh, gets gosh. the listens? Who was really interested in who all along? And I would say that when you and I have done the podcast the best, it's been because we can- play off of each other, know where the other person's going, have that shared language. And like, br I bring me and you bring you and it doesn't have to be the other. And so like, that's where I, Dan, to your question about like that, that is a, that's still, I think going to be a piece. I think it will. And yet that this last boot camp that you weren't at for the first time in 16 years, I found myself feeling more comfortable in my own skin at a boot camp, and that was really interesting to watch. To go like, oh, I know what I offer and have offered to the podcast, and I'm and I'm grieving its ending, and I'm saying yes to these, to chasing this counseling grad school and doing that in the evenings and and what that will become in the future years. But I feel like it was part of the counseling. It was part of what you were saying earlier of like you don't get to skip the miles, you don't get to fast forward your way through and like somehow arrive and be mature and confident. And it was like, oh, I haven't felt at a boot camp like this before. And it's because of I am me, I am not you. And that is good. So then you go like, well, you guys are in that space. So why are you landing the podcast right here in hell? Anyway, how horrible would it sound if we like tried splitting the kids and I was doing that? Like, had you thought about that? How just terrible that would be? That would be so bad. Also, so not going to do it. Now I have to channel. We were recording yesterday, and I was like, "There's no Sam, and you have two intense nerds talking." And I, I think it, it totally should be exciting. had to shift on purpose mm -hmm. mental tracks to go. Okay, think about the hearts of people listening. <laughs> Think about how this is landing and the words. And I noticed that you used the word misanthrope. Could you make that point another way? <laughs> how how would the average person go about spelling this word? Misanthrope is not a then maybe dial it down. One of the two is a werewolf. I know that most people can do it. But many of us can't. Uh, yeah. I, one more word on comparison, which is, I think it's true that the lessons come slowly and that the no shortcuts thing of masculine development is something that is learned, is understood over decades, not years. Mm. Because I find myself in seasons that I've known a lot about, but now You're I'm learning a new them. layer, which is not to say that I didn't get them before, right? Because yeah. it can be it, there can be a diminishing and discounting thing that can also make you hate young people oh, you think you know about love right now. Well, so did I. Oof. But then when I had been married for five years and this happened, Nothing like condescension to really drive a point home. Yeah. But then also it turns right to self-condescension because you start looking at your own life and you're like, I should be different by now. Mm. 
we all have to address the issue of worth and belovedness and power on our own. <laughs> There's the, this is the moment, Avatar The Last Airbender, where the father is friend, Sokka's going to do the test of the ice ship, and he sits down and he's like, I cannot help you. You pass or fail on your own. Mm. And the good news is that there's no failure option here, but the struggle is personal. And I'm like, who am I? I'm leaving a successful organization and there are no best-selling books. Mm. There's no giant platform. Mm -hmm. I don't get stopped in in and out and then in Shields. Shields right after that. You can't take him anywhere. You just can't take that guy. <laughs> can't take him into the woods. <laughs> elk recognize him. They're like, your book affected me so much. Thank you for translating it into elk words. Uh, so and true. go, oh, this should have been, I feel like I should have answered this question mm. in a definitive way already. Here I am going, can I do it? And what is it? Yeah. Can I do it? And what is, I was helping a friend dig a pit out on some very hard ground several weeks ago. But we were digging a pad for an, for what's going to be an amazing sauna. And the two guys I was digging with were riffing on, hey, my friend is a pastor in a very wealthy town. And he told this story where a young couple, a couple in their 20s, joined the church. And the tithing went up $20,000 a month. And I was like, that couple, $20,000 a month. Let's say they're tithing 10%. So, wow, okay. So we're talking $200,000 a month. It's probably their recurring monthly revenue. And I half jokingly, because you got a voice of things, pointed at the two guys talking and went, I'm a success. <laughs> yeah, right. And I went back to aggressively hacking at the ground with a pickaxe. And one of the guys asked back, Are you growing in love of God? And are you growing in love of people? I was like, chip, 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 yes, chip, 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 chip. I'm more loving now than ever. Uh, but to go, mm -hmm. yes, uh, there is not a shortcut on the way out of comparison. Mm -hmm. You can know what it is, but to go, uh, do I count in God's universe? And by counting, does it mean that am I loved by God to the things I've matter? Even in the limited sphere, is that actually enough? Yes. Is the invisible work of loving a few people and kids and a few chickens important. Does that mean anything in God's economy? Because I have told people, yes, but when I go further into what feels like a season of more anonymity, less platform, there's this like, okay, but seriously, am I making a terrible decision now? Was I wrong about value up till this point? Because... It's never fun to put your money where your mouth is. Ask people about crypto. <laughs> it's so good. I think I'm going to land this episode with a poem or an excerpt from a poem that John Dale shared with me the other day as I had some just some tears around this ending and been encouraged to practice something physical with the grief, with the, with the chapter coming to a close. This is by David White, an excerpt from poem, The Journey. But here, here we go. Sometimes with the bones of the black sticks left when the fire has gone out, someone has written something new in the ashes of your life. 
You are not leaving. Even as the light fades quickly now, you are arriving.